here's a message from Ken Lavica. We have seen some weird things at sporting events, but last night might have been the absolute apex. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. I want to preemptively apologize because, yes, I'm fully aware, I'm cognizant of the fact that we are. Just over 72 hours away from the start of the NFC and AFC championship games. I am fully cognizant of the fact that there's a lot of football to discuss. And we will do that. I promise you. I promise you from the bottom of me, uh, of me, that said, I saw something last night in college basketball that is one of the top five most insane things that I've ever witnessed. And I just can't imagine what it was like to see it live. And we're talking, of course, about an Uber Eats delivery, McDonald's courtside at a college basketball game where the delivery person just walked onto the floor while the game was happening right in front of them. I've never seen anything like it. It takes just immense amounts, uh, just, just absolute infinite amounts of lacking of awareness to perform what happened last night. Therefore, I think... We need to discuss history here today on ESPN 106.3. We have never seen an in-game <laughs> rideshare-based food delivery on a floor that causes a game to interrupt because said delivery person is completely unaware of his surroundings, which is, well, a point guard, a shooting guard, and a wing defender. I've never seen anything like it. Ken Levick alive on a Thursday here on ESPN 106.3. Free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers right off of the sometimes sunny, sometimes cloudy today. Intracoastal. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. Radio Life Partner runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. And so uh, I, I want to start by playing what took place last night? This stone, if, if if I'm not mistaken, this is Duquesne hosting Loyola. That's correct. Loyola of Chicago last night. College basketball. High-flying college hoops last That's night. Mid-major madness right there. That's right. In Pittsburgh, this is Duquesne hosting Loyola. And play is stopped. And the broadcasters on ESPN Plus are trying to figure out why play was stopped. And here's how it sounded from the beautiful city of Pittsburgh. We'll let it go into the bench, and Loyola would take over 10 minutes before we get a stoppage. And we've got an official's timeout. And somebody came on the floor on the far side looking for an Uber Eats delivery or something. There is carrying some McDonald's. Oh, this has to be one of the all-time uh, I'm greats. actually not kidding. No, I, no, I this think, is the I truth. I think that's what's happening. This guy's in the corner. It looked like he... Maybe, was he going to deliver the, the McDonald's to somebody on the court? Can we rule that out? He's... A, <laughs> I mean... I think that's an Uber Eats sticker. Is that I, what that is? I'm trying to get confirmation. Uh, Uber yeah. Eats, yes. Maybe I'll put my hand up. I'm getting a little hungry. You can bring it over here. 
So we saw the stoppage. The, the man was Usher. Let's see if we can see this. No, this is going to be the turnover in the there corner. There he is, there, right there, there, there in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this a, guy is actually, who's he delivering it to? The ref. The, the, the ref said later. Give it to me later. Not I mean, now. Philip Alston's done a lot. I didn't think he needed a Big Mac for sustenance in the middle of the game. I, I know, but I'm uh, well, the official out there, Tim, he, he distanced him like, I didn't say now. Later. That's got to be unbelievable. That's got to be something that the highlight shows are going to have a blast with. So there's a lot to unpack from that. And again, that courtesy of ESPN plus and stone, if you could, or if, um, if we can get somebody on it, find out the name of the broadcasters from last night's Duquesne Loyola game on ESPN plus, because I want to give them a ton of credit. It is so difficult to, when you're calling a game really be focusing on what's happening on the periphery. You're focused on what's on the floor and you're trying to describe the action and that's where your attention is drawn. These guys wasted no time at all figuring out. And you, you, you know, uh, he said the far side, the far side, there's a stoppage and someone was on the floor on the far side, which means they're all the way on the other side of the floor from where this took place. And it only took them a few seconds to realize that there was an Uber Eats delivery person, the play-by-play man, and you can tell he's probably college age or just out of college because he immediately recognized the Uber Eats sticker that was on the delivery that the man was holding in a plastic bag after he walked onto the floor while the game was happening. Just to try and paint the picture for you, the ball is in the right front court, okay? And they swing it to the right corner. The man catches it. One of the players catches it in the right corner, and sure enough, There's a dude in a yellow hoodie that walks onto the floor just looking around, looking at his phone, as if he has no idea a college basketball game is happening, not just right in front of him, but around him. There's literally a college basketball game around him. And so the broadcasters realize that this is an Uber Eats delivery person. Bravo to them. That's the first a uh, remarkable thing about this is that those broadcasters immediately recognized that the game was stopped because of a delivery person for Uber Eats. Now, that's insane. We it, it is hard. It is hard these days to find something that we have not seen before. Something so bizarre, but that we have never ever <laughs> encountered it. And this is that. Like we've seen uh naked people, right? We've seen boobs and we've seen uh, units just waving around on the field. Yes, and we like, have. Fine, that happens, right? You streak and you get on the field and it happens. Uh, we've seen boxing matches, Evander Holyfield, Riddick Poe, people parachuting from the air uh, into the, the ropes and getting caught on the lighting in Las Vegas. We've seen that. That's insane. That's legitimately insane. Oh, by the way, that's a good segue. Mike Tyson, by the way. Mike Tyson joins us in about eight minutes' time here on ESPN 106.3 on Ken Levick Alive. Yes, that Mike Tyson, not the other ones. That Mike Tyson, Iron Mike, former heavyweight champion and... Didn't know this before yesterday. Boca Raton resident Mike Tyson joins us here <laughs> in tennis, on Ken Levick Alive. Tennis dad. Apparently he is a tennis dad. He's absolutely a tennis dad. We have seen some wild things. We've experienced that. But can you imagine being at that basketball game last night? And that's a pretty random basketball game, right? Loyola and Duquesne. You're just sitting there. Maybe you said, hey, uh, Uncle Billy, let's just go check out Duquesne basketball. Yeah, no problem. Cool. So you go, you sit down, kick your feet up, you're watching this game, and all of a sudden you see 
just a random uh, rotund dude in a yellow hoodie walking onto the floor to deliver food and delaying this college basketball game. It's weird. It's really weird. It may strike you as bizarre and abnormal, and it is, but it's historic. We've never seen anything like that before. That, for me, is a top five bizarre thing I've ever seen watching sports, but I can't imagine what it would be like to be there and see it and wonder, what in God's name is that guy doing? Yeah, to watch it ten times through. It's insane! To see his body language, who he was trying to talk to, like, what actually is going on here? Was this guy set up, or is he lost has he never been to a basketball game before? Just so many questions running yeah, through my yeah, head. Just, so, yeah, does this man know what basketball <laughs> is? Does he actually know what's happening around him? Where does he think he's showing up? Does he think that this is just a um, like a pickup game? And so uh, he can just walk out onto the floor like, hey, hey, uh, Joey, I've got your Mac. I've got your Big Mac. Uh, I mean, there's scoreboards and clocks and people and an entire setup. I just, or he doesn't know what the game is. He just thinks that uh, it's just some random people at a playground playing something. Like, does he know what basketball is? Because, again, play is happening on the side of the floor that he walks onto. The ball comes within five feet of him, and he's just walking, sauntering, completely unaware of his surroundings, looking at his phone, looking for who ordered the Uber Eats. How is he so oblivious to what's happening around him? It does make some sense, the fact that, you know, Anthony Edwards has been, he's now notorious for ordering Popeyes. Of the Minnesota Timberwolves. When it, and it gets into his locker after the game. And Carl Anthony Town has been outspoken about it. He said he hates it. He hates when they get finished with the game and Anthony Edwards is in <laughs> his locker. The locker smells like fried chicken. And he has Popeyes. And it's always Uber Eats. And he <laughs> said I can it, imagine that would be really annoying. And he said it plenty of times in interviews. Like, I love... And now uh, he struck a deal with Popeyes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Uber But eats. he's getting it delivered to the locker room or to security. He's not getting it delivered to his, his the, the bench, right? <laughs> this guy, this Uber Eats delivery person, just walks out onto the floor in the middle of a college... Not during a timeout. Not during the stoppage in play, but while play is happening, and while play is happening right in front of him, and then eventually around him on the same side of the floor that he walks on to. And so I'm curious, because I have been at some sporting events in person. This is in person. I don't want anything watching on TV, because we all see it. We all witness it. We all experience it. But if you were in person for an insane moment, something that struck you as... um. This is uncomfortable, it's memorable, it's a story I'll tell, but this is weird as hell. And I've got a couple of them, okay? And I'm going to start with the 2004 Chicago White Sox season, okay? So, Uh if if you recall, at the end of 2003, when the White Sox were out of contention that year, you might not be old enough to remember, actually. I don't think I can uh, go back to five years old, but hey, I'm right here. Two, um, two... Dirtbag, white trash White Sox fans ran out of the stands and attacked Kansas City Royals first base coach Tom Gamboa and beat him badly on the field before Royals players came up and beat the old living hell out of them. But they were just trailer-dwelling dirtbags that were drunk and beat the hell out of this poor old man first base coach. And it was humiliating. As a White Sox fan, it was humiliating. It was a terrible look on us. It was a black eye on the fan base as a whole. It was unacceptable. And it gave the ammunition, uh, because in Chicago, if you're a Cubs fan, you're white-collar, and uh, you're... 
you're you're established and you've got some wealth to you. You're doing well. White Sox, it's always like the rough, rugged, blue collar. Uh, like to fight, like to drink. Like that's the that's the the reputation of the White Sox fan. And this did nothing to help that, right? <laughs> um, so then the very next year, it's late in the season, okay. And me and a bunch of buddies from from Valpo, where I went to college, we drove into uh, the south side of Chicago. And we're watching the White Sox in a late-season game against the Royals. Again, same team. Billy Koch, White Sox uh, closer, he allows a late go-ahead home run to Kansas City. It was Mike Sweeney, all-time White Sox killer. And all of a sudden, you hear this commotion. I was sitting in the left-field bleachers. You hear this commotion. You're like, what is happening? And, and all everybody's attention then diverted near first base. Two dopey White Sox fans, not the same ones, but two dopey White Sox fans jumped out of the stands and attacked first base umpire Laz Diaz, who, by the way, is a former Marine. (laughs) So this was a stupid idea. But one year after Tom Gamboa, Royals first base coach, got beaten senseless on the field on the south side of Chicago, White Sox fans tried to do it again, and this time to the umpire. And they're grabbing at his legs, and they're punching him, and they're kicking him. And it was humiliating. And it is still, to this day, the absolute most insane thing I've ever seen in person at a sporting event is White Sox fans trying to beat the hell out of the first base umpire. <laughs> I saw that with my own eyes, my own blue eyes. It happened right in front of me, and I saw it. With the stopwatch, how much time has elapsed until security breaks that up? Uh, it took about... Probably 10, 11 seconds. First, it was Royals players who started uh, beating up these dudes. Okay. Uh, and then the security came, but it was a whole thing. And White Sox, I mean, the, there were 25,000 people in this stadium. They all knew that, oh, God, this is going to come back to us bad. So everybody started booing and like trying to like make <laughs> up for the two fans that attacked Laz Diaz to try and show, see, we defy that. We don't like that. We're against that. But the damage had already been done. So I'm watching the video. They were shirtless. They, of course they were. If you're going to attack a, a first base coach or a first base umpire, of course it's the drunken, shirtless, sweaty, white trash dopes that do that. I, I, I can't believe you're surprised that they were shirtless. Of course the people that attack uh, baseball umpires and first base coaches it, are shirtless. And the umpire behind first base didn't even do anything. He, I'm watching this video right now, and he's just standing there, and oh, yeah. the players are unloading from the yeah. the – they're, they're dugout, and the umpire's not even doing anything. So you're, you're watching Tom Gamboa. The, yes. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. And then, and then the very next year, first base umpire, Laz Diaz, he got attacked. Now, he did something. Because, again, <laughs> former Marine, and I believe there were some kicks to some ribs and the whole thing. But it was bad. It was bad. And I saw the Laz Diaz attack. It was right there. My, I was in attendance, watched it, and I remember thinking, oh, boy, sports talk radio is going to suck after this. It surpassed the previous most insane thing that I saw with my own two eyes at a sporting event, and I bring you to the 1999 Indianapolis 500. As I'm walking into turn four with my father and a bunch of my friends to watch that year's edition of the Indianapolis 500, there is a man, again, shirtless, because, of course, uh, he's got shoulder-length hair, and he's at the top of a 25-foot ladder, okay? He's got a beer. People are cheering him on. He pops open the beer. He chugs the beer. What does he do? He tosses the empty beer can, and he dives headfirst 25 feet into a kiddie pool. (laughs) Did he live? I don't know. I have no idea. Did your dad shield your eyes? He did not shield. I mean, I was a high schooler at that point, so we were allowed to laugh and partake (laughs) in the the cheering. Um, He might have died. I don't know, but at that point of my life, that point of my life as a as a fifteen year old, that 
was the most insane thing I had seen with my own two eyes at a sporting event. So, <laughs> right now for me, number one, Laz Diaz, umpire, being attacked at a White Sox game in 2004. Before that, 1999-8500, man chugs beer, dives 25 feet off of a ladder into a kiddie pool. So, based off of those, and the Uber Eats delivery person that interrupted a college basketball game while play was happening last night, I ask you... What's the most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event? What is the most bizarre thing that you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. What is the most bizarre thing that you have ever seen? You had to have been at this sporting event. I don't want anybody who watched this on TV or watched it on SportsCenter, caught it on ESPN. SPN. I'm not interested in that. What I am interested in is what you saw at a sporting event. The most bizarre thing, the most insane thing you've ever seen in person at a sporting event. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at KLV1063. Before we get to our calls, let's bring on a man who is a Former heavyweight champion. He is a Boca Raton resident. Again, that was news to me. Didn't know that before yesterday. Mike Tyson. He is the chief brand officer, co-founder of Tyson 2.0. Check out his products at itstyson20.com. Edibles. We're talking cannabis. The entire gamut. Tyson 2.0 products are at Move Wellington, 1045 South State Road, Suite 200, where he is at until 1 o'clock today to take pictures, sign autographs, and he's also uh, going to uh, have people exposed to his product, that Tyson 2.0 product. Again, the cannabis and the edibles. He is at Move Wellington, 1045 South State Road, Suite 200, until 1 o'clock, and then later today, Move Hollywood. Uh, down south in Broward, 6661 Taft Street in Hollywood from 3 to 4.30. So go see Iron Mike, Mike Tyson, the great, the former heavyweight champion. And Mike Tyson joins us now here on Ken LaVica Live. Mike, what's going on, man? How you doing, Ken? I'm doing uh, pretty awesome. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Hey, the pleasure's mine. Ken, he said that uh, he almost named his son Stone. Really? Or he was going to. Oh, that's awesome. My wife didn't dig the name. I love that name. That's Stone Phillips. That's who, I, that name. that's who I was named after. My mother loved Stone Phillips. Yeah, that's a, yeah Stone Phillips, a fly mother. You know, <laughs> I love that. That's freaking awesome. I love that. I was going to name my son Stone because of that, too. I don't think I've heard anything cooler than that in my life right there. <laughs> and if that would have been the same reason, if you actually did name your son that, oh, God, that's badass. That is so good. I wanted to ask you, Mike, how often do you get down here to South Florida like this? Well, I live here now. I've been here not a year yet, but I'm in Boca Raton. Wow. And we moved here because of my kid's sports endeavors. What's he doing? Uh, she's playing tennis. My son's playing golf. Awesome. I, I spend a lot of time on Boca Raton at, uh, at Florida Atlantic there. I call all their football and basketball games. So that's that's awesome. So you're going to be at the uh, the Move Dispensary in Wellington. You've got your Tyson 2.0. What are we looking at product-wise here? What can I get if I go to Move Wellington? Well, you can get so much stuff. We have the new stuff. We have Exodus coming out. You know, 
We have um, Purple Pigeon coming out. <laughs> we have Ganja God. It'll be our next product coming out, our next stream. Now, Mike, I got to ask you, when you go out there, you don't have to pay for your own Tyson 2.0 product, right? Like, you're you're able to, they're going to let you take a little bit, right? Oh, this is not true. That's a business. Ah. Be, when it's business, I have to pay for everything I buy. I have all my personal stuff here. And wherever I go, I bring it with me so I won't have to interrupt any of the, the financial situation. It's Tyson20.com. It's Tyson20.com is where you find out about it. Tyson 2.0. And he is going to be out at Move Wellington, 1130 to 1 o'clock on uh, Thursday. And then you'll be down in Hollywood as well from 3 to 430 as well. Mike, I've always wanted to ask you, uh, I grew up watching you in your Iron Mike, Baddest Man on the Planet days, and obviously have seen what you've done ever since, and you sort of reinvented yourself. I'm just curious, what makes Mike Tyson happy? You know, when my kids are happy. My children are happy for the moment that they're happy, and especially if I have a part in making them happy, that's the best time of my life. How profoundly different does one's life become with a child? Because I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and I never had any perspective until they were born and it changed it changed me how did they change you i don't know life is more than yourself life is bigger than you and you have to in order for you to to reach the height of life you have to contribute to other people and other things in your life and i think a part of that mike and i've heard you touch on this is having the willingness to sacrifice you know when you brought some children into the world or just your career in general how big has sacrifice played into your success and where you're at right now well, listen, um, as far as my my career is concerned, nobody put a gun to my head. This is what I wanted to do all my life, and I, once I discovered it. And um, my kids are just, um, they're my purpose, you know? And, and for me to allow them to become independent of me is success for me. Mike Tyson, Boca Raton resident, nearly named his son Stone. I'm Ken Levicka, Stone Lebanowitz here on ESPN 106.3. And again, you can check out Mike Tyson, Move Wellington, 1130 in the morning to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Move Wellington, their dispensary, and then move Hollywood, 3 o'clock to 430 tomorrow. So go check out Mike Tyson. You can take photos with him and try out the outstanding. Tyson 2.0 product. I'm curious, was there one singular moment where that, that occurred where you finally found peace? I know you've talked about just how many demons you were battling, and you've said when you were in your Iron Mike boxing stage that that was just a small little boy. What was the first time you finally felt peace? Peace is something I feel periodically. Peace and happiness for my experience in life is not con- consistently. It's, it's, you, you get in a moment in life. And you try to keep that moment. It's almost like the high. You try to keep that high as long as you can. But it's just prematurity. It's not going to last forever. So enjoy the moment of it. Speaking of all that, Mike, you dropped one gangster quote. I believe it was on the Impulsive podcast. You said there's only one step from the limo to the gutter. You know, when you were at that peak of your career and then all of a sudden stooped down, is that when you really learn what that quote embodies, that there's one step from the limo to the gutter? Yes. And I also know from the gutter to the Rolls Royce is a lifetime. But listen, you have to have that perspective. You have to understand. But all the successful, I'm talking about everyone, all the big time star, Michael Jordan, everybody. If you don't, if we're all successful. We all have a lot of money. We're all happy. But if you don't have anything that's worth giving all that up for, you're not sure. 
I'm into that. Uh, again, uh, Mike Tyson, move Wellington. 1045 South State Road, Suite 200 in Wellington tomorrow, 1130 a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. And then move Hollywood, 6661 Taft Street in Hollywood from 3 to 430. Come check out Mike Tyson and to check out the Tyson 2.0 products. Reading about your toads, the toad, and I know you've talked about how the toad has affected you and, and uh, psychedelics as a whole. Could you describe to me someone who had no context for this until I heard your stories about the toad, what the toad is and how you got onto that and what it does to you? Well, the toad, um, to get right to the aspect of it, it's the closest thing that you'll feel to the divine. Hmm. That's all I can, I can articulate it because I can't articulate it. <laughs> but it's the feeling of being in the presence of God, of some divine um, power that we can't even... Um, articulate yet. I understand. It's the most profound experience that you have ever felt. What is it? It's been, what, nearly 60 times that you have partaken in the probably, code? Probably closer to 80. Okay. But the thing is, look, that's how, that, that, that's how, um, that's how um, intimate it is to be able to get that high. I keep chasing it. I keep chasing mm. it. I did it over times already, but I'm still chasing it. Because once you feel that feeling of ecstasy and, you, and it, once it, uh, it goes away, and you're back into the, the state of life is the way it is now, is a, is a downer. So how do you keep yourself even? How do you keep yourself from, from getting down into those dark places, consistently trying to chase that feeling? Because you found a way. How do you do that? Hey, listen, this is something I realized in my 56 years. Um, those dark feelings never go away. They stick with you for the rest of your life. But it's your job to master the, to master them and to control them. But they never leave. The darkness never leaves. Just like the light never leaves. And that's important to note. You've got to be able to find a way through those. Mike Tyson, uh, the profound Mike Tyson as always. Tyson 2.0 products are at Move Wellington, at Move Hollywood. He's going to be touring the Move dispensary locations with Tyson 2.0 product. But again, Move Wellington, South State Road Suite 200, 1045 South State Road, Suite 200. Tomorrow, 1130 to 1 o'clock, move Hollywood, 6661 Taft Street in Hollywood, 3 to 430 to come check out Mike Tyson. Mike, in regards to Iron Mike, you've said that you don't look at him in the same way that we look at him. You know, if you could give one or two sentences on how you see Iron Mike and what Iron Mike means to you right now, what would you say? My Iron Mike is a scary little boy that's getting revenge on everybody that fucks with him. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you've talked about that an awful lot. And then just the, the complete role reversal where now you're living in Boca Raton. You're living for your kids. You have successful business ventures. I'm just curious, what do you do in Boca Raton? What is a day in the life of Mike Tyson in Boca Raton, Florida? Well, first thing in the morning, I get up. I do 100 slams with my my, third, my 20 pounds medicine ball. I do 100 of those reps. And then I, and then I do the treadmill for an hour. Man, you... I just started back yesterday. All right. All right. How'd it go? How did that go yesterday? Yesterday. I'm glad I didn't feel any pain. <laughs> oh, man. That is, uh, I, hey, I, I love the fact that you're getting up and you're getting back into it. The, the hardest thing is to get back into the routine with that stuff. Mike, you're living in Boca Raton. You mentioned to us earlier that your daughter plays tennis. Is there any things that you've learned in your boxing career mindset-wise that you now put on to your daughter in the realm of tennis? It's pretty much the same thing in all sports. The first thing it starts with is the desire and the mindset. Once you have that, you can get the basics, no problem. And you start to learn how to problem solve. That's why the people that go to school and been in college, they've been the best athletes because they're accustomed to the pressure of problem solving. Are your kids as competitive as you were or are? 
Well, my daughter's getting it, but um, they don't have to be that competitive to be successful. The only thing they have to do is love what they're doing. Absolutely. Mike, this has been an absolute thrill. I have legitimately, from my prime as a sports fan to now as I get older and have kids, followed every single path, and it's, uh, it's a thrill to talk to you, and we really appreciate you taking the time. And again, Mike Tyson, Tyson 2.0. You can check out the product at Move Wellington tomorrow, 1045 South State Road. Sweet 200. He'll be out there 1130 in the morning to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Then move Hollywood. Go down south, 6661 Taft Street. Hollywood, 3 o'clock to 4.30 p.m. Mike Tyson, the great, the former heavyweight champion here on Ken Levick Alive. Mike, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, brother. Take care, Stone. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> Love, brother. He loves you. He loves you, Stone. And thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. He loves you. Like, the fact that... He loves your name. He was going to name his kid Stone. And you're named after Stone Phillips, the former Dateline NBC anchor. My mother loved him. What did what did Mike Tyson say? He's one fly mother bleeper? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I'm Mike's long nobody, lost son. We've, we, nobody in the history of the world has said the exact quote, Stone Phillips is one fly mother bleeper. And it happened here on the show via Mike Tyson. Tyson. Well, my mother what has. What is this? My mother has. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, your mom. I'm sure. I'm sure that your mom <laughs> busted it out that same way. By the way, I don't know if you could tell. Like, I grew up with Mike Tyson being the scariest human being on the planet, and that never quite left me. Did I sound just absolutely terrified and walking on eggshells that entire time we talked with him? You did. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I feel like that was one of the worst interviews I've ever done in my life. I feel like I got a chance to talk with an icon, right? And what I did over the last eight and a half minutes <laughs> is I acted like a scared little boy around Mike Tyson. That was, I mean, I, I, I butchered that, and I, I apologize. You were cool as a cucumber, and you're trying to talk to him about his boxing days, and I've seen a lot where he doesn't like to talk about the boxing days. Right. He likes to talk about current life and, and how he's pulled himself out of the dark depths of, of despair. So I'm trying to focus on that, but like that's gutless. On my part, like I think I I blew that. Yeah, but I don't blame you. I, you know, you can take a lot of confident guys or or guys in the industry, right, and throw them their icon in their face, and it's it's hard. I would imagine it's hard because it's easier for me, right? I wasn't even alive when this guy was getting busy, when this guy was in his prime. So it's easier for me to look at it from know, a different man. perspective. That's I your uh, like you know him from from the Hangover. Like I know him from <laughs> from like Leon Spinks. Like I just. I don't know, man. That was my favorite part when we figured out we were going to interview him, going through those wormholes, going through all the documentaries, right? His come up. Well, you had never seen any of that stuff. Never before. seen any of it. So it's like hearing about Gusty Amato and all these guys, like just so so cool. Well, maybe maybe I uh, maybe I'm just being hard on myself, but man, I felt nervous. And they gave us his people were giving us 15 minutes, and he had one of his uh, his people on the the line with <laughs> him, and I feel like I might have bailed a little early. Like, I, I saw, oh, 15 minutes is coming up, but maybe we could have pushed, like, to for 20. You're damn right we could have. I don't know, man. Uh, maybe, maybe, I, I, maybe I don't have that dog in me. You know, we have some fan base here. We know, you know, what they're interested in. We could have got into conversation about what that purple pigeon's talking about. I mean, some of his product <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. everything that he has going I mean, on. I would have done 20 minutes just talking about him smoking toad venom. <laughs> I could have done that. 
uh, because I'm fascinated by that. That dude, he apparently has a ranch. Mike Tyson r- raises these toads. They're these Sonoma Southwest toads, and then they take the venom and they smoke it. And then he 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 finds his closest to divinity, as he told us, uh, after he smokes the toad venom. I could talk about that for 20 minutes. Maybe I should have. He said it's the closest thing to feeling divine. Yeah, or it's yeah the closest, closest thing, to God. Closest to God that he's ever felt. Mm, I don't know. I feel like I, uh, you were great. I feel like I sort of, uh, I folded under the pressure of Mike Tyson. But that was awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike, for uh, for jumping on with us here on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, he, <laughs> he, by the way, responsible for his own fair share of bizarre things that people have seen at live sporting events. So I think he ties in perfectly to what we've been discussing. What's the most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Last night, an Uber Eats delivery person just aimlessly walked onto the floor to make a delivery at a college basketball game, completely unaware of the actual basketball game happening, not in front of him, but around him. I saw Laz Diaz, the umpire, get attacked at then U.S. Cellular Field during a White Sox-Royals game, and I also watched a grown man chug a beer and then uh, dive headfirst off of a 25-foot ladder into a kiddie pool at the Indy 500. That's what I'm talking about. You had to see this at the sporting event. I'm not talking TV. You had to be at the sporting event event at the sporting event to have seen this. What's the most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. He's Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Oh, man. Do you think Mike Tyson thinks I'm soft now? Or do you think that was a fulfilling conversation for him? I think a little bit of both. (laughs) Uh, He wouldn't be the first person to think that I'm pillow soft. I mean, uh, most people hop on and, 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 you know, ask him all these corny questions. You know, who's your favorite knockout? This and that, this and that. I mean, this guy's, uh... Yeah. What's the hardest you ever punched somebody? Right. And if, right. You, if you follow anything Mike Tyson right now, he talks a lot less fighting and a lot uh, more uh, spiritual stuff. Did, uh, did it hurt when you got your face tattooed? Like, I could ask him all that stuff. <laughs> but again, like, Dan, I don't want him hanging up. The last thing I want is to get him angry. I'd like him to like come in studio at some point. Oh, yeah. I think that's when you can have a fulfilling conversation. With okay. Them. I yeah, think don't you're get not, ahead you're not, yourself. I think you're not maximizing your time with Mike Tyson if you're talking to him over the phone. Like we appreciate the opportunity. What I'd like to do, I think I like to think I cultivated a relationship. I it wasn't <laughs> my best interview, and I was terrified the entire time because I grew up being terrified by Mike Tyson, and that's never left me. Even it's unfair. It's very unfair of me to still be. Uh, scared of Mike Tyson, but I am. It's not. not I'm, I'm being honest here. Now let's be. Let's be even more honest here. You think you would do a better interview in person? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because there's something. I hear you. There's something easier about being in the same room and and being more at ease. Reading with some body it. language. Right. Entry. Exactly. Cues the entire thing, and you can still you can have a, a big boy conversation, a much better conversation. At least I can with someone sitting across from you than over the phone. Like anybody, it doesn't matter who. Even Mike Tyson. Even what, if I'm terrified. What happens if you slip up seven, eight seconds in, and he gives you that look, and then you got to go the other the rest of the interview? What What do you mean slip up? Just like. Skip over my words? No, just say something he doesn't like. Oh. 
And he, get, and he gives you that one up and down. And oh, now you know it's game on. That's fine. I'll make sure he's on the toad when he comes in. <laughs> that's fact. Uh-huh. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. The most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event. I've seen a couple of them. I've seen an umpire get attacked. I have seen a man who, again, I don't know if he lived or died, uh, diving headfirst off a 25-foot ladder after chugging a beer into a kiddie pool at the Indy 500. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that person survived, but I saw it. I saw it. We saw an Uber Eats delivery person walk onto the floor during the middle of a college basketball game and delay it last night, completely oblivious of anything happening around him. What's the most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you could tweet at us at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. Uh, Brian McLovin Rowitz, uh, he is our Raiders and Wrestling Insider here on Ken Levicka Live. Uh, he was uh, with Mike Tyson just moments ago in Wellington uh, for WPTV News Channel 5 and WFLX Fox 29. Uh, B-Man, how was that experience for you? Well, I heard you talking about how it wouldn't be terrifying in person. It was terrifying. Like, I've never been more nervous doing an interview in person. But I feel like that shows our age because we're old enough to remember when he was the baddest man, truly the baddest man on the planet. But Stone knows him from The Hangover and The Tigers and talking about doing Toad and all of these philosophical views that he has and being a citizen of the world. We know him as the man who we thought was going to kill somebody anytime he stepped into the ring. Like, how, did you stand? I was stammering over my words. I was having problems. How were you able to even function standing? You were standing right in front of the dude. Yeah, we literally were face to face. I don't even know what I asked him. I think I got enough to run something on TV tonight. But yes, it's one hundred percent the age thing because I remember growing up, my parents ordering Tyson a bite yes. and it being an event and it being over in twenty seconds and him just killing people. And it wasn't like we were the biggest boxing fans, but it was Mike bleeping Tyson. Right. So yeah, being in front of him was terrifying. He was a spectacle, and the spectacle was: is his opponent going to survive? And then later in his, right. his career, it was: <laughs> what wild, insane thing is he going to do this time around? Um, Overall, was he uh, was he was he nice? Was he was he, uh, he? He was high, congenial. Yes, he was very nice. I got a couple wrestling questions in. He didn't seem to want to talk that much. I think he seemed over it. They had over two hundred people here today. It was supposed to be a hundred person mm, limit, oh so he's interacted with a lot of people today. So I was uh, the last of his concerns. Well, that's the ESPN West Palm bump. What can I say? Uh, that's well, right, uh, McLovin. I'm glad that you, uh, you you got to meet him face to face. Survived, and uh, uh-huh. maybe maybe when you sleep on it, you'll remember what questions uh, were actually uh, asked. And uh, we'll see we'll see Mike Tyson with a terrified McLovin on WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine tonight. Thank you, McLovin. All right, see you guys. All right, that is Brian McLevin Rowitz here on Ken Levick Alive. Good. I'm glad that I'm not the uh, the only one who complete. You handled it no problem. I can't believe it. You you handled it no problem. You have not a uh, a fear in the world, not a concern in the world. It, to be honest, I think I, I played off of your fear and was, okay, just just don't do that. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Don't sound like that. All right, just do the opposite. Uh, that does not make me look real good. A 16 <laughs> year professional radio veteran and Stone, who has been in the business for less than two years, saying yeah. Don't do that, and that being the proper approach. Uh, Mark is in West Palm. Mark, what is the most insane thing you've seen at a sporting event? Yeah, what's up, guys, man? Um, I'm a Dolphins um, season ticket holder and a University of Miami season ticket holder. Oh, yeah. And um, I've done my share of tailgating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the level of drunkenness at a UM tailgate oh. is totally 
different Been than there. a Dolphins yeah, tailgate. It's totally, so, <laughs> so, Mark, let me tell you. So, my, my wife is a season ticket holder, and when FAU football doesn't play, when they're on a bye week, I'll go with her. And that West lot... I've seen some of the yeah. most barbaric uh, and and godless things in my life in that West parking lot at Hard Rock Stadium. West 25 is my spot, yeah. man. West 25. Let's go, Mark. Let's go. You know what I'm talking about. So, what, so of all the insane things that you can see on a weekly basis there, there's one that stands out to you? One that stands out to me, all right. So we usually tailgate there. And uh, my boy Emilio invited these two dudes. I don't even know who the who the hell they were, right? right? I, I mean, these, this guy, one of the guys, was real jacked up, all muscles and all that stuff, right? So they're they're lit, drunk. We're walking to the game. We're walking to the game. All of a sudden, I don't know what team we were facing, but it's like they met, like they planned this. It was two against two. They just looked at each other and was like, "What's up? Let's go." Started this full ball, like right there, like it, it was crazy. It lasted for like two minutes. <laughs> you know, saying that two minutes so is a was, long fight. It was just totally pre. It, there was there was absolutely nothing premeditated about it. They just walked up. They looked at these two dudes. They said, "All right, it's on." And then they started fighting for two whole minutes before anybody yeah. stepped in. And for anybody, no police, nobody. That's and, insane. And that's, that's not the that's not the craziest part. The craziest part is. When the fight is over, they like became friends and were like, let's go into the game. <laughs> they just dapped each other up and said, all right, let's roll. Let- Mark, that is certifiably insane. You're right. There, there is no way to explain that at all. Appreciate the call. So you're just walking into the game with these two dudes you never met. These two strangers walk up. They lock eyes, and they're like, all right, let's go. And they just start throwing swings. They just start throwing hands at one another. And they fight for two whole minutes. Nobody intervenes, which means that they stopped because they would have been arrested. It means they stopped, and then they just dapped up and they walked into the game together. I'll tell you what, two minutes is not a short fight. No, not at all. all. Not at all. After two minutes, I wonder if exhaustion just kicked in and they're like, you know what? Hey, you hung it with me. Let's go. Let's go. We're boys now. Want a beer? That is legit. I mean, that's not normal. That's, that's like serial killer behavior. What's the most bizarre thing that you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. At KLV1063 on Twitter. That's where we're going to go here. Let's check out what we've got on social media. Um, Gary, he tweets, the Boston Bruins climbing over the boards in Madison Square Garden to fight the fans one section over from where I was sitting. If there is a group of people, a group of people that I would absolutely never, ever mess with, ever, at a live sporting event, it's hockey players. Those dudes, they have weapons. I mean, they legit have weapons on them. Part of the game is that they are carrying heavy wooden weapons. Why would you ever, ever try to mess with hockey fans? That happened, I believe, after a fan squirted water into the the Bruins bench. And they came flying over the boards and started attacking the fans with their sticks. Why would you ever do that? Why would you ever do that? You know what you're you doing. You almost deserve. Yeah, you, you signed up for it. Yeah. Uh, Chris, he messages, I saw somebody get stabbed walking out of the stadium. I was walking out of the Meadowlands after the Tuna Bowl and a Patriots fan stabbed a Jets fan as we were walking to our cars. Hey, how does it get to that point? I mean. How just, does it get to that point? Think about the. 
fans scurrying for their lives because there's a man with a shank somehow or just a pocket knife, you know, whatever he's got. What are you doing? What are you doing? How does any of that ever get to that point where that happens? You know what, though? When you see these stadium fights... Like where it's the ones where people are rolling down the stairs and like flipping over rows and like, what are you doing? You're belligerent. I, you have to be, right? But I feel like some of them, they're not belligerent and I think some people just like to go fight because they're meatballs. Yeah, they don't those, contribute anything. You know, for Mark's call right at the UM game when they said they just were on site, just squared up. They're you know, just ready to fight. I, I think when you're driving down to the game, you're like... <sighs> Like, you ready today? Yeah. Like, we're going to do this. Well, like, we've all had that friend that you've always got to watch because had that friend. they just like to fight. They like to pick fights, yes. and they want to fight. I don't understand that because I've never been that because I've also always been extremely short and small. It's like they gave them too much testosterone. Like, gosh, yeah. relax over there. Relax over there. These guys don't want to fight you. I just don't. I don't. And, and see, then there's stuff like this. Evan, drunken shirtless guy. Again, the shirtless thing. If you're at a sporting event and you see somebody who's without a shirt, that's the biggest red flag possible. Steer clear. Yeah. Um, They are too drunk. They're either going to run onto the field, they're going to hit on your wife or girlfriend, or they're going to try and fight you. Like, just avoid them. Yes. Drunk, shirtless people at games, that's the biggest red flag. Drunk and shirtless guy trying to swing on a cop at Tampa Stadium. It was during the fourth quarter of a blowout during the Sam Weiss era. Looking back, I have no idea why I was still in the stadium to see it. What... What comes over you to swing on a cop? Having main character syndrome? Yeah. Thinking that you're the show? That's like God complex, it right? Is. 100%. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what possesses someone to swing on a cop. I just don't understand it. Um, Phil McCracken, he tweets in. Oh, yeah. The Bills of the Dolphins, Monday night, 2005, saw a guy pee in a drink bottle and then throw it at a pack of Bills fans without the top on. It hit one of the dudes in the back, and his whole crew got pee on him. Security got him soon after. I'll tell you what. I mean, That's why? the best one I've ever heard. Because if you're talking a big mess, and you get pee, pee all bombs? over you. <laughs> <laughs> if you get P-bombed, right? Not even just you, just your whole crew. I mean, it's over. He wins the fight. But I again, mean, you got to leave. Again, how how low end on the the spectrum of human society do you have to be to create and then throw a P-bomb? I, I'm not going to lie. Like, what are you re- doing? Big respect. No, it's not big respect. You can't respect that. You but, can't respect that. It's the best way to get back at somebody. A P-bomb? A P-bomb. No. How about you just walk away? Nobody's going to remember it come Monday. There's no reason for a P-bomb. What message are you sending peeing in a cup and then throwing it at somebody? At least you're not going to get put on the you know sexual offender or, or the predator list, right? Because you didn't pull it out and, uh, and let them have it. You, uh, you you're built saying, a bomb. You're saying it's the safe way. It's the safe the way. The safe way to send a message. Yes. That is just vile. Just grotesque. Just awful. Speaking of uh, of just the friend who wants to fight, just wants to fight all the time, because we all have them. I'm apparently married to one. Uh, my wife texts in, I used to be that friend in college. Oh, God. But again, she tailgates in the West lot at Hard Rock Stadium. So is anybody surprised? So she's cut from that claw. <laughs> she's cut from that claw. She's got that DNA. She's got that dog in her. That's right. <laughs> uh, what is the the most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. I'm telling you, though, 
I just, I got to draw the line at the P-bomb. Like, fine, sometimes you fight at a sporting event. And again, avoid the shirtless people. But a P-bomb, who does that? That is just the most grotesque of human behavior. He's Tony Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. I'm a simple man, simple taste. I just like driving around. And if I'm going to be stuck in traffic all the time here in South Florida, then I might as well do it in a car that I love. And that's where my Kia K5 GT comes in. And I got it from a dealership I love. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. You know the drill. Military trail half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. It is Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, where they have a credit clinic on site. Bankrupts there for you to make sure that you are getting an automobile that you like, that you love, and also get in an automobile that's not going to break the bank. You don't want to be on pins and needles constantly financially, and I know that that's a reality for so many of us. And it's it's tough. It's super tough, and it's, it's hard to find places like car dealerships that won't judge you for a credit situation, for bad credit, for struggling in that area. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, they not only don't judge, they're trying to help you. They're trying to, to, to help get you out of that credit rut that affects so many of us. They're trying to get you an automobile, and they're going to run as many creditors as they possibly can with your credit situation to get you in a car and to get you a monthly payment that isn't going to have you awake at night worrying about whether or not you can make it on a monthly basis. That's why I love them. That's why I do business with them. One, the Kia K5 GT is super sweet, and I love that car. And it was only a Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. But also, I just like that they go out of their way for people. That is so rare in car sales. It just is. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Check out that selection online. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. I have a ton of uh, beginning-of-year deals right now at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. The most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event. 888-760-3776. Let's go to Boca. That's where Devin is. What's up, Dev? What's up with you, Ken? How are you, brother? Listen, this thing that happened to me, right? It okay. was an e- at an event, but it wasn't an event to say like... So, this guy and I used to live in the same part of town. But he used to go to a different school. Like I think it was a seven-day Adventist school or uh-huh. something. So... I didn't used to say I used to bully him because he was bigger than me, but I thought I was more in the streets because, you know, he was a church boy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always used to be giving him a lot of talk. So one time, our school was playing best school. I think it was in basketball or soccer or something like that. So I was like, yeah, you know, like today's the day, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. But boom, anyhow, we went to play, and there are some good players as well. I think they probably won or something like that. So after the game now, they're getting on their bus. Now, it was the buses where it was like a small, it was like a van, but the windows could open so the players could, like, get air and stuff. Yeah. So, like, he was in the back seat, and he was probably, like, third in the row. So I came up to the window, and I'm like, yeah, you know, boom, boom, when I see you, boom, boom. Man, this guy leaned over and hit me with the biggest speed bump I've ever saw in my life. <laughs> Directly, because I wasn't expecting it. He just leaned over, and, man, he hurled. That thing hit me, splash in my eye, right? I said, it hit me so, that thing hit me so big in my eye, it blinded me for a second. And then as soon as he hit me, the bus took off. Like, it was planned, but it was not planned. And I just stood there, man, and a big thing of spit just 
coming down my face, and I just stood there for like five minutes, thinking to myself, "What the hell?" That is just happened to like me, the bro. lowest of low, right there. Is yeah. you have another man spit just dripping down your face, and he and speeds up. And the, the thing distance. about it, like, it smells. It smells gross. It's like uh, your spit. Uh, like you never smell your spit, but somebody else's spit smells. <laughs> that thing almost went down to my lip. Uh, man, up to this day, I could still feel that freaking thing of spit in my face, man. I was like, J-. after this, when it comes to sporting events, I keep my mouth shut. Just, I just watch yep. and be quiet. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, and Dev, I'm glad you tell that story because I learned my lesson, and I think Stone heard this story before. I learned my lesson at, of all things, a Canadian football league game, a CFL game. When I was in college, I uh, had a had a friend uh, and she was getting married in, in Calgary, where her soon to be husband was from. The Stampedes play there. Uh, the Stampeders, that's right. And oh. so, um, me and a bunch of college friends, we drove from Valparaiso, Indiana, in a van that we rented all the way to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So we get there, we found a bar, and we liked hanging out at this bar. It was called the uh, the Unicorn in downtown Calgary, okay? And so uh, after a couple of days, we became friends with a lot of the, the regulars at this downtown bar in Calgary. And keep in mind, this is, Calgary is like the closest thing to a, a cowboy town. Uh, it's got a world-famous rodeo. There's some rough and rugged people in this city. Very beautiful, but r- weird people, Okay. But they had a, a bus. They had a fan bus going to the Calgary Stampeders Winnipeg Blue Bombers game oh, yeah. on that Friday night. And so we said, hell yeah, let's sign up. Let's do it. Let's watch some some football with a 55-yard line. Let's do it. And so 20-yard end zones. Let's roll. Let's do it. So we we got on this bus, had our drink tickets, drink it on the way to Olympic Stadium in Calgary where the, where the Stamps play. That's what they call them. And what they do in Canada at the CFL games is when you walk in, you can pay 10 American dollars, and it gets you, like, 15 drink tickets. And you think to yourself, oh, $15, but, but, or $10, but 15 drink tickets. That's a lot of drinks. Surely, two tickets equals one drink. Nope, 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 nope. One ticket equals one drink. And so, <laughs> ab- about nine Molsons later, I am talking so much bleep to Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans. I don't know a single thing about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but I know that that night, me, a newly minted Stamps fan, I hate those mother bleepers, okay? I hate them. I hate them. And so what? I, the, the Stamps win. Uh, they take a knee. Game's over. And I start getting into it with these Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans. And what's great about Canada is you don't have to really worry about violence because they're not a violent people. They don't carry guns. Uh, and, in fact, if you talk smack to them, they're probably going to end up apologizing to you. That's the great thing about Canadians. Uh, but we get out into the parking lot. And we get back to this fan bus, okay? And I get on the bus, and I see these same group of Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans, Uh-oh. okay? And they've got these uh, these Vuvuzelas. And uh, just very annoying. Just blowing, blowing, blowing. And I'm like, I pull down the window. It's like a school bus, like a, a, a big, long school bus. That's this fan bus. I bring the window down, and I go, hey, hey, bleep the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You bleeping suck. And I pull down my pants, and I stick my bare ass out the window and oh, moon them. Beautiful moonshot. What I didn't account for is out of the corner of my eye, I see one of these Blue Bombers fans with this big yellow Vuvuzela, super long, plastic. He winds up like he's Barry Bonds <laughs> and then takes three or four steps forward like he's Happy Gilmore, and he swings as hard as he can, and he <laughs> smacked my bare ass so hard I couldn't feel it for four hours. <laughs> And I was humiliated. I literally had the outline of a Vuvuzela on my right butt cheek. And I've never mooned anybody again. And I've never been back to a CFL game after that. You're scarred.
You're scarred. So that was lesson learned for me. Uh, let's go to Dave in Stewart. Dave's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Dave? Hey, love the show, guys. Appreciate you. Hey, um, you remember that Miami Dolphins guy that he was like called the Dolphin Maniac, and he yeah. would go to all the Dolphins games dressed up with the shoulder pads yeah. and the face paint and everything? <laughs> yeah, see, I do remember him. All right, well, I was at a concert at the Orange Bowl, and he was all dressed up in his garb. Uh-huh. And I was about a six-pack in, <laughs> and I started verbally molesting this guy. And he was about eight rows down from me, you know, right on the rail. And I'm like, what are you doing in this garb at a concert, dude? You're ridiculous. And you, you meant know, harassing, right, Dave? You meant harassing, not molesting, right? Yeah, I meant, I meant harassing. Yeah, that's him. fine. I just wanted to but make sure. I, yeah, I was giving it to him hard, you know? <laughs> well, eventually Uh-oh. I had to go pee. Uh, you had to go pee, okay. So I, I got to go pee, so I get up out of my seat, and I go to the uh, concession stand, you know? This guy, I turn around, this guy's got me jacked up on the wall about three feet <laughs> off of the ground. He's ready to punch me in the face. Oh, my face. God. So, he, yeah. he's, so he's accosting so, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had me jacked up. I thought I was going to die that day. Oh, my God. So, so I'm, I'm at the door to the concession stand, and I'm beating my elbow against the door, hoping somebody's going to come out and save my ass. <laughs> well, nobody came out, and he evidently left. Let me down without hitting me. He said, you ever say anything to me again, I will kill you. I'm like, dude. <laughs> well, but I, I almost got- That's wild. What I'll say, Dave, is that your mistake was <laughs> anybody who dresses up like that to go to NFL games every single Sunday, those hardcore fans with the paint and the shoulder pads and all that, they're generally going to be unstable. And especially if you see them going to a concert wearing the same thing where they think they're celebrities, then they're definitely unstable. So that's on you for trying to to, to get on this guy because he's, he doesn't have it all there. Just trust me on this, okay? And appreciate the call, Dave. We need to get that clip, right? We're going to get that clip in the end to play it back in the... Uh... I mean, I think it was my my, the, my most favorite caller yeah. yet, yeah. ever. If, if, if there's anything you ever do in the rest of your career, it'll be that specific part from that call that you grabbed that we play back <laughs> when we come back, okay? Just trust me. It'll be great for your career. He's Stone the Bannowitz, Friday Night Lights. This show is weird. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Oh, man. Do you think Mike Tyson thinks I'm soft now? Or do you think that was a fulfilling conversation for him? I think a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, he wouldn't be the first person to think that I'm pillow soft. <laughs> I mean, uh, most people hop on and, 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 you know, ask him all these corny questions. You know, who's your favorite knockout? This and that, this and that. I mean, this guy's, uh... Yeah. What's the hardest you ever punched somebody? Right. And if, right. You, if you follow anything Mike Tyson right now, he talks a lot less fighting and a lot uh, more uh, spiritual stuff. Did, uh, did it hurt when you got your face tattooed? Like, I could ask him all that stuff. <laughs> but again, like, Dan, I don't want him hanging up. The last thing I want is to get him angry. I'd like him to like come in studio at some point. Oh yeah, I think that's when you can have a fulfilling conversation. With okay, him. I yeah, think don't you're get not, ahead you're yourself. Not, I think you're not maximizing your time with Mike Tyson if you're talking to him over the phone. Like we appreciate the opportunity. What I'd like to do, I think I like to think I cultivated a relationship. I it wasn't <laughs> my best interview, and I was terrified the entire time because I grew up being terrified by Mike Tyson, and that's never left me. Even it's unfair. It's very unfair of me to still be. 
uh, scared of Mike Tyson, but I am. It's not. not I'm, I'm being honest here. Now let's be. Let's be even more honest here. You think you would do a better interview in person? Yeah, I, I think so. No, 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 no. Because there's something, I hear you. There's something easier about being in the same room and and being more at ease. Reading with some body it. language, right? Exactly. Cues the entire thing, and you can still you can have a, a big boy conversation, a much better conversation. At least I can with someone sitting across from you than over the phone. Like anybody, it doesn't matter who. Even Mike Tyson. Even what, if I'm terrified. What happens if you slip up seven, eight seconds in, and he gives you that look, and then you got to go the other the rest of the interview? What What do you mean slip up? Just like skip over my words? No, just say something he doesn't like. Oh. And he get, and he gives you that one up and down. And well, now you know it's game on. That's fine. I'll make sure he's on the toad when he comes in. <laughs> that's fact. Uh-huh. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. The most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event. I've seen a couple of them. I've seen an umpire get attacked. I have seen a man who, again, I don't know if he lived or died, uh, diving headfirst off a 25-foot ladder after chugging a beer into a kiddie pool at the Indy 500. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that person survived, but I saw it. I saw it. We saw an Uber Eats delivery person walk onto the floor during the middle of a college basketball game and delay it last night, completely oblivious of anything happening around him. What's the most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you could tweet at us at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. Uh, Brian McLovin Rowitz, uh, he is our Raiders and Wrestling Insider here on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, he was uh, with Mike Tyson just moments ago in Wellington uh, for WPTV News Channel 5 and WFLX Fox 29. Uh, B-Man, how was that experience for you? Well, I heard you talking about how it wouldn't be terrifying in person. It was terrifying. Like, I've never been more nervous doing an interview in person. But I feel like that shows our age because we're old enough to remember when he was the baddest man, truly the baddest man on the planet. But Stone knows him from The Hangover and The Tigers and talking about doing Toad and all of these philosophical views that he has and being a citizen of the world. We know him as the man who we thought was going to kill somebody anytime he stepped into the ring. Like, how, did you stand? I was stammering over my words. I was having problems. How were you able to even function standing? You were standing right in front of the dude. Yeah, we literally were face to face. I don't even know what I asked him. I think I got enough to run something on TV tonight. But yes, it's one hundred percent the age thing because I remember growing up, my parents ordering Tyson a fight yes. and it being an event and it being over in twenty seconds and him just killing people. And it wasn't like we were the biggest boxing fans, but it was Mike bleeping Tyson. Right. So yeah, being in front of him was terrifying. He was a spectacle, and the spectacle was: is his opponent going to survive? And then later into his, right. his career, it was: <laughs> what wild, insane thing is he going to do this time around? Um, Overall, was he uh, was he was he nice? Was he was he, uh, he? He was high, congenial. Yes, he was very nice. I got a couple wrestling questions in. He didn't seem to want to talk that much. I think he seemed over it. They had over two hundred people here today. It was supposed to be a hundred person limit, oh so he's interacted with a lot of people today. So I was uh, the last of his concerns. Well, that's the ESPN West Palm bump. What can I say? Uh, that's well, right, uh, McLovin. I'm glad that you, uh, you you got to meet him face to face. Survived, and uh, uh-huh. maybe maybe when you sleep on it, you'll remember what questions uh, were actually uh, asked. And uh, we'll see we'll see Mike Tyson with a terrified McLovin on WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine tonight. Thank you, McLovin. All right, see you guys. All right, that is Brian McLevin Rowitz here on Ken Levick Alive. Good. I'm glad that I'm not the uh, the only one who complete. You handled it no problem. I can't believe it. 
You you handled it no problem. You have not a uh, a fear in the world, not a concern in the world. It, to be honest, I think I, I played off of your fear and was, okay, <laughs> just just don't do that. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Don't sound like that. All right, just do the opposite. Uh, that does not make me look real good. <laughs> a 16 year professional radio veteran <laughs> and Stone, who has been in the business for less than two years, saying, "Yeah, don't do that," and that being the proper approach. Uh, Mark is in West Palm. Mark, what is the most insane thing you've seen at a sporting event? Yeah, what's up, guys? Man, um, I'm a Dolphins um, season ticket holder and a University of Miami season ticket holder. Oh yeah, and um, I've done my share of tailgating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the level of drunkenness at a UM tailgate oh. is totally different Been than there. a Dolphins yeah, tailgate. Totally. <laughs> so, so, Mark, let me tell you. So, my my wife is a season ticket holder, and uh, when FAU football doesn't play, when they're on a bye week, I'll go with her. And that West lot. I've seen some of the yeah. most barbaric uh, and and godless things in my life in that West parking lot at Hard Rock Stadium. West 25 is my spot, yeah. man. West 25. Let's go, Mark. Let's go. You know what I'm talking about. So, what, so of all the insane things that you can see on a weekly basis there, there's one that stands out to you? One that stands out to me, all right. So we usually tailgate there. And uh, my boy Emilio invited these two dudes. I don't even know who the who the hell they were, right? right? I, I mean, these, this guy, one of the guys, was real jacked up, all muscles and all that stuff, right? So they're they're lit, drunk. We're walking to the game. We're walking to the game. All of a sudden, I don't know what team we were facing, but it's like they met, like they planned this. It was two against two. They just looked at each other and was like, "What's up? Let's go." Started this full ball, like right there, like it, it was crazy. It lasted for like two minutes. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying that two minutes so is a was, long fight. It was just totally pre. It, there was there was absolutely nothing premeditated about it. They just walked up. They looked at these two dudes. They said, "All right, it's on." And then they started fighting for two whole minutes before anybody yeah. stepped in. And for anybody, no police, nobody. That's and, and this, that's not the that's not the craziest part. The craziest part is. When the fight is over, they like became friends and were like, let's go into the game. <laughs> they just dapped each other up and said, all right, let's roll. Let- Mark, <laughs> that is certifiably insane. You're right. There, there is no way to explain that at all. Appreciate the call. So you're just walking into the game with these two dudes you've never met. These two strangers walk up. They lock eyes. And they're like, all right, let's go. And they just start throwing swings. They just start throwing hands at one another. And yeah. they fight for two whole minutes. Nobody intervenes, which means that they stopped because they would have been arrested. It means they stopped, and then they just dapped up, and they walked into the game together. I'll tell you what, two minutes is not a short fight. No, not at, at all. all. Not at all. After two minutes, I wonder if exhaustion just kicked in, and they're like, you know what? Hey. You hung it with me. Let's go. Let's go. We're boys now. Want a beer? That is legit. I mean, that's not normal. That's that's like serial killer behavior. What's the most bizarre thing that you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. At KLV1063 on Twitter. That's where we're going to go here. Let's check out what we've got on social media. Um, Gary, he tweets, the Boston Bruins climbing over the boards in Madison Square Garden to fight the fans one section over from where I was sitting. If there is a group of people, a group of people that I would absolutely never, ever mess with, ever at a live sporting event, it's hockey players. 
Those dudes, they have weapons. I mean, they legit have weapons on them. Part of the game is that they are carrying heavy wooden weapons. Why would you ever, ever try to mess with hockey fans? That happened, I believe, after a fan squirted water into the the Bruins bench. And they came flying over the boards and started attacking the fans with their sticks. Why would you ever do that? Why would you ever do that? You know what you're doing. You almost deserve. Yeah, you, you signed up for it. Yeah. Uh, Chris, he messages, I saw somebody get stabbed walking out of the stadium. I was walking out of the Meadowlands after the Tuna Bowl, and a Patriots fan stabbed a Jets fan as we were walking to our cars. Hey, how does it get to that point? I mean, How does it get to that point? Think about the fans scurrying for their lives. Because there's a man with a shank somehow, or just a pocket knife, you know, whatever he's got. What are you doing? What are you doing? How does any of that ever get to that point where that happens? You know what, though? When you see these stadium fights, like where it's the ones where people are rolling down the stairs <laughs> and like flipping over rows, and like, what are you doing? You're belligerent. I, you have to be, right? But I feel like some of them, they're not belligerent, and I think some people just like to go fight because they're meatballs. Yeah, they don't those, contribute anything. You know, for Mark's call right at the UM game when they said they just were on site, just squared up. They're you know, just ready to fight. I, I think when you're driving down to the game, you're like, like you ready today? Yeah. Like, we're going to do this. Well, like, we've all had that friend we've, that you've we've always got to watch because had that friend. they just like to fight. They like to pick fights, yes. and they want to fight. I don't understand that because I've never been that because I've also always been extremely short and small. It's like they gave him too much testosterone. Like, gosh, yeah. relax over there. Relax over there. These guys don't want to fight you. I just don't. I don't. And, and see, then there's stuff like this. Evan, drunken shirtless guy. Again, the shirtless thing. If you're at a sporting event and you see somebody who's without a shirt, that's the biggest red flag possible. Steer clear. Yeah. Um, they are too drunk. They're either going to run onto the field. They're going to hit on your wife or girlfriend, or they're going to try and fight you. Like, just avoid them. Yes. Drunk, shirtless people at games, that's the biggest red flag. Drunken, shirtless guy trying to swing on a cop at Tampa Stadium. It was during the fourth quarter of a blowout during the Sam Weiss era. Looking back, I have no idea why I was still in the stadium to see it. What, what comes over you to swing on a cop? Having main character syndrome? Yeah. Thinking that you're the show? That's like God complex, it right? Is. 100%. I just... I don't know, man. I don't know what possesses someone to swing on a cop. I just don't understand it. Um, Phil McCracken, he tweets in. Oh, yeah. The Bills at the Dolphins, Monday night, 2005, saw a guy pee in a drink bottle and then throw it at a pack of Bills fans without the top on. It hit one of the dudes in the back, and his whole crew got pee on him. Security got him soon after. I'll tell you what. I mean, That's the best one I've ever heard. Because if you're talking a big mess and you get pee, pee all bombed? over you, <laughs> if you get pee bombed, right? Not even just you, just your whole crew. I mean, it's over. He wins the fight. But I again, mean, you got to leave. Again, how how low end on the the spectrum of human society do you have to be to create and then throw a pee bomb? Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like, what are you re- doing? Big respect. No, it's not big respect. You can't respect that. You but can't respect that. It's the best way to get back at somebody. A P-bomb? A P-bomb. No. How about you just walk away? Nobody's going to remember it come Monday. 
There's no reason for a P-bomb. What message are you sending peeing in a cup and then throwing it at somebody? At least you're not going to get put on the, you know, sexual offender or, or the predator list, right? Because you didn't pull it out and uh, and let him have it. You, oh, you you're, built so, a bomb. you're saying it's the safe way. It's the safe the way. The safe way to send a message. Yes. That is just vile. Just grotesque. Just awful. Speaking of uh, of just the friend who wants to fight, just wants to fight all the time, because we all have them. I'm apparently married to one. Uh, my wife texts in, I used to be that friend in college. Oh, God. But again, she tailgates in the West lot at Hard Rock Stadium. So is anybody surprised? So she's cut from that claw. <laughs> she's cut from that claw. She's got that DNA. She's got that dog in her. That's right. <laughs> uh, what is the, the most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweet at us at KLV1063. I'm telling you, though, I just... I got to draw the line at the P-bomb. Like, fine. Sometimes you fight at a sporting event. And again, avoid the shirtless people. But a P-bomb, who does that? That is just the most grotesque of human behavior. He's Tony Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive. On ESPN 106.3. I'm a simple man, simple taste. I just like driving around. And if I'm going to be stuck in traffic all the time here in South Florida, then I might as well do it in a car that I love. And that's where my Kia K5 GT comes in. And I got it from a dealership I love. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. You know the drill. Military trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. It is Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, where they have a credit clinic on site. Bankrupts there for you to make sure that you are getting an automobile that you like, that you love, and also getting an automobile that's not going to break the bank. You don't want to be on pins and needles constantly financially, and I know that that's a reality for so many of us, and it's it's tough. It's super tough, and it's it's hard to find places like car dealerships that won't judge you for a credit situation, for bad credit, for struggling in that area. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, they not only don't judge, they're trying to help you. They're trying to, to, to help get you out of that credit rut that affects so many of us. They're trying to get you an automobile, and they're going to run as many creditors as they possibly can with your credit situation to get you in a car and to get you a monthly payment that isn't going to have you awake at night worrying about whether or not you can make it on a monthly basis. That's why I love them. That's why I do business with them. One, the Kia K5 GT is super sweet, and I love that car. And it was only a Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. But also, I just like that they go out of their way for people. That is so rare in car sales. It just is. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Check out that selection online. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. I have a ton of... uh, Beginning of year deals right now at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. The most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event, 888-760-3776. Let's go to Boca. That's where Devin is. What's up, Dev? What's up with you, Ken? How are you, brother? Listen, this thing that happened to me, right? It okay. wasn't an event, but it wasn't an event to say, like, so this guy and I used to live in the same part of town. But he used to go to a different school. Like I think it was a seven-day Adventist school or something. Uh-huh. So I didn't used to say I used to bully him because he was bigger than me, but I thought that was more in the streets because, you know, he was a church boy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always used to be giving him a lot of talk. So one time our school was playing their school. I think it was in basketball or soccer or something like that. 
So I was like, yeah, you know, like today's the day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. But boom, anyhow, we went to play. And they had some good players as well. I think they probably won or something. Like that. So after the game now, they get in on their bus. Now, it was the buses where it was like a small, it was like a van. But the windows could open so the players could like get air and stuff. Yeah. So like he was in the back seat and he was probably like third in the row. So I came up to the window and I'm like, yeah, you know, boom, boom, when I see you, boom, boom. Man, this guy leaned over and hit me with the biggest speed bump I've ever saw in my life. <laughs> Directly, because I wasn't expecting it. He just leaned over and man, he hurled, that thing hit me, splash in my eye, right? It hit me so, that thing hit me so big in my eye, it blinded me for a second. And then as soon as he hit me, the bus took off like it was planned, but it was not planned. And I just stood there, man, and a big thing of spit just coming down my face. And I just stood there for like five minutes thinking to myself, what the hell that <laughs> just is happened to like me, like the bro? lowest uh, of low right there. Is yeah. You have another man spit just dripping down your face, and he and speeds smell, off into the And the, the thing distance. about it, it smells, it smells gross. It's like uh, your spit, uh, like you never smell your spit, but somebody else's spit smells. <laughs> that thing almost went down to my lip. Uh, man, up to this day, I could still feel that freaking thing of spit in my face man i was like after this when it comes to sporting events i keep my mouth shut just i just watch yep. and be quiet yep yeah well <laughs> i'm glad and dev i'm glad you tell that story because i learned my lesson and i think stone heard this story before i learned my lesson at of all things a canadian football league game a cfl game when i was in college i uh, had a had a friend uh, and she was getting married in, in Calgary, where her the Stan- soon-to-be husband was from. The Stampedes play there. Uh, the Stampeders, that's right. And oh. so um, me and a bunch of college friends, we drove from Valparaiso, Indiana, in a van that we rented all the way to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So we get there, we found a bar, and we liked hanging out at this bar. It was called the uh, the Unicorn in downtown Calgary, okay? And so uh, after a couple of days, we became friends with a lot of the, the regulars at this downtown bar in Calgary. And keep in mind, this is, Calgary is like the closest thing to a, a cowboy town. Uh, it's got a world-famous rodeo. There's some rough and rugged people in this city. Very beautiful, but r- weird people, Okay. But they had a a bus. They had a fan bus going to the Calgary Stampeders Winnipeg Blue Bombers game on that Friday night. And so we said, hell yeah, let's sign up. Let's do it. Let's watch some some football with a 55-yard line. Let's do it. And so 20-yard end zones. Let's roll. Let's do it. So we, we got on this bus. Had our drink tickets, drink it on the way to Olympic Stadium in Calgary where the, where the Stamps play. That's what they call them. And what they do in Canada at the CFL games is when you walk in, you can pay 10 American dollars, and it gets you like 15 drink tickets. And you think to yourself, oh, $15, but, but, or $10, but 15 drink tickets. That's a lot of drinks. Surely two tickets equals one drink. Nope, 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 nope. One ticket equals one drink. And so about, <laughs> about nine Molsons later... I am talking so much bleep to Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans. I don't know a single thing about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but I know that that night, me, a newly minted Stamps fan, I hate those mother bleepers, okay? I hate them. I hate them. And so what? I, the, the Stamps win. Uh, they take a knee, game's over, and I start getting into it with these Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans. And what's great about Canada is you don't have to really worry about violence because they're not a violent people. They don't carry guns. Uh, And in fact, if you talk smack to them, they're probably going to end up apologizing to you. That's the great thing about Canadians. Uh, But we get out into the parking lot, and we get back to this fan bus, okay? And I get on the (laughs) bus, and I see these same group of Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans, Uh okay? And they've got these, uh, these Vuvuzelas. And uh, just very annoying, just blowing, blowing, blowing. And I'm like, I pull down the window. It's like a school bus, like a, a, a big, long school bus. That's this fan bus. I bring the window down, and I go, hey, hey, 
bleep the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You bleeping suck. And I pull down my pants and I stick my bare ass out the window. Oh, and moon them. beautiful moonshot. What I didn't account for is out of the corner of my eye, I see one of these Blue Bombers fans with this big yellow Vuvuzela, super long, plastic. He winds up like he's Barry Bonds <laughs> and then takes three or four steps forward like he's Happy Gilmore and he swings as hard as he can and he <laughs> smacked my bare ass so hard I couldn't feel it for four hours. <laughs> and I was humiliated. I literally had the outline of a Vuvuzela on my right butt cheek. And I've never mooned anybody again. <laughs> And I've never been back to a CFL game after that. You're scarred. You're scarred. So that was lesson learned for me. Uh, let's go to Dave in Stewart. Dave's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Dave? Hey, love the show, guys. Appreciate you. Hey, um, you remember that Miami Dolphins guy that he was like called the Dolphin Maniac, and he yeah. would go to all the Dolphins games dressed up with the shoulder pads yeah. and the face paint and everything? <laughs> yeah, see, I do remember him. All right, well... I was at a concert at the Orange Bowl, and he was all dressed up in his garb. Uh-huh. And I was about a six-pack in, and I started verbally molesting this guy. And he was about eight rows down from me, you know, right on the rail. And I'm like, what are you doing in this garb at a concert, dude? You're ridiculous. And you, you meant know, harassing, right, Dave? Him. You meant harassing, not molesting, right? Yeah, I meant, I meant harassing. Yeah, that's him. fine. I just wanted to but make sure. I, yeah, I was giving it to him hard, you know? Well, eventually <laughs> I had to go pee. Uh, you had to go pee, okay. So I, I got to go pee, so I get up out of my seat, and I go to the uh, concession stand, you know? This guy, I turn around, this guy's got me jacked up on the wall about three feet <laughs> off of the ground. He's ready to punch me in the face. Oh, my face. God. So, he, yeah, he's, so he's accosting so, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had me jacked up. I thought I was going to die that day. Oh, my God. So, so. I'm, I'm at the door to the concession stand, and I'm beating my elbow against the door, hoping somebody's going to come out and save my ass. <laughs> well, nobody came out, and he evidently let, let me down without hitting me. He said, you ever say anything to me again, I will kill you. I'm like, dude. <laughs> well, but I, I almost got- That's wild. What I'll say, Dave, is that your mistake was <laughs> anybody who dresses up like that to go to NFL games every single Sunday, those hardcore fans with the paint and the shoulder pads and all that, they're generally going to be unstable. And especially if you see them going to a concert wearing the same thing where they think they're celebrities, then they're definitely <laughs> unstable. So that's on you for trying to, to, to get on this guy because he's, he doesn't have it all there. Just trust me on this, okay? And appreciate the call, Dave. We need to get that clip, right? We're going to get that clip in the end to play it back in the... Uh... I mean, I think it was my my, the, my most favorite caller yeah, yet, yeah. ever. If, if, if there's anything you ever do in the rest of your career, it'll be that specific part from that call that you grab that we play back <laughs> when we come back, okay? Just trust me. It'll be great for your career. He's stolen the band it's Friday Night Lights. This show is weird. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I'm a simple man, simple taste. I just like driving around. And if I'm going to be stuck in traffic all the time here in South Florida, then I might as well do it in a car that I love. And that's where my Kia K5 GT comes in. And I got it from a dealership I love. Greenway Kia. West Palm Beach, you know the drill, military trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. It is Greenway, Kia, West Palm Beach, where they have a credit clinic on site. Bankrupts 
there for you to make sure that you are getting an automobile that you like, that you love, and also getting an automobile that's not going to break the bank. You don't want to be on pins and needles constantly financially. And I know that that's a reality for so many of us. And it's it's tough. It's super tough. And it's, it's hard to find places like car dealerships that won't judge you for a credit situation, for bad credit, for struggling in that area. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, they not only don't judge, they're trying to help you. They're trying to, to, to help get you out of that credit rut that affects so many of us. They're trying to get you an automobile and they're going to run as many creditors as they possibly can with your credit situation to get you in a car and to get you a monthly payment that isn't going to have you awake at night worrying about whether or not you can make it on a monthly basis. That's why I love them. That's why I do business with them. One, the Kia K5 GT is super sweet, and I love that car. And it was only at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. But also, I just like that they go out of their way for people. That is so rare in car sales. It just is. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Check out that selection online. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. I have a ton of uh, beginning-of-year deals right now at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. The most bizarre thing you've ever witnessed at a live sporting event. 888-760-3776. Let's go to Boca. That's where Devin is. What's up, Dev? What's up with you, Ken? How are you, brother? Listen, this thing that happened to me, right? It okay. wasn't an event, but it wasn't an event to say, like, so this guy and I used to live in the same part of town, but he used to go to a different school. Like, I think it was a seven-day Adventist school or uh-huh. something. So I didn't used to say I used to bully him because he was bigger than me, but I thought I was more in the streets because, you know, he was a church boy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always used to be giving him a lot of talk. So one time, our school was playing their school. I think it was in basketball or soccer or something like that. So I was like, yeah, you know, like, today's the day, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... But boom, anyhow, we went to play, and they had some good players as well. I think they probably won or something like that. So after the game now, they get in on their bus. Now, it was the buses where it was like a small, it was like a van. But the windows could open so the players could, like, get air and stuff. Yeah. So, like, he was in the back seat, and he was probably, like, third in the row. So I came up to the window, and I'm like, yeah, you know, boom, boom, when I see you, boom, boom. Man, this guy leaned over and hit me with the biggest speed bump I've ever saw in my life. <laughs> directly because i wasn't expecting it he just leaned over and man he hurled that thing hit me splash in my eye right i said it hit me so that thing hit me so big in my eye it blinded me for a second and then as soon as he hit me the bus took off like it was planned but it was not planned and i just stood there man and a big thing of spit just coming down my face and i just stood there for like five minutes thinking to myself what the hell that is <laughs> just happened to like me, the bro. lowest of low right there is you have another man spit just dripping down your face and he and speeds off and the, the thing distance. about it it smells it smells gross it's like uh, your spit uh, like you never smell your spit but somebody else spit smells <laughs> that thing almost went down to my lip uh, man up to this day i could still feel that freaking thing of spit in my face man i was like after this when it comes to sporting events, I keep my mouth shut. Just I just watch yep. and be quiet. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. And Dev, I'm glad you tell that story because I learned my lesson. And I think Stone heard this story before. I learned my lesson at, of all things, a Canadian football league game, a CFL game. When I was in college, I uh, had a had a friend, uh, and she was getting married in in Calgary, where her soon to be husband was from. The Stampedes play there. Uh, the Stampeders. That's right. And oh. so. Um, me and a bunch of college friends, we drove from Valparaiso, Indiana, in a van that we rented all the way to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So we get there, we found a bar, 
and we liked hanging out at this bar. It was called the uh, the Unicorn in downtown Calgary, okay? And so uh, after a couple of days, we became friends with a lot of the, the regulars at this downtown bar in Calgary. And keep in mind, this is Calgary is like the closest thing to a, a cowboy town. Uh, it's got a world-famous rodeo. There's some rough and rugged people in this city. Very beautiful, but r- weird people, okay? But they had a, a bus. They had a fan bus going to the Calgary Stampeders Winnipeg Blue Bombers game oh, yeah. on that Friday night. And so we said, hell yeah, let's sign up. Let's do it. Let's watch some some football with a 55-yard line. Let's do it. And so 20-yard end zones. Let's roll. Let's do it. So we, we got on this bus, had our drink tickets, drink it on the way to Olympic Stadium in Calgary where the, where the Stamps play. That's what they call them. And what they do in Canada at the CFL games is when you walk in, you can pay 10 American dollars and it gets you like 15 drink tickets. And you think to yourself, oh, $15, but, but, or $10, but 15 drink tickets. That's a lot of drinks. Surely two tickets equals one drink. Nope, 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 nope. One ticket equals one drink. And so about, <laughs> about nine Molsons later, I am talking so much bleep to Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans. I don't know a single thing about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but I know that that night, me, a newly minted Stamps fan, I hate those mother bleepers, okay? I hate them. I hate them. And so what? I, the, the Stamps win. Uh, they take a knee, game's over, and I start getting into it with these Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans. And what's great about Canada is you don't have to really worry about violence because they're not a violent people. They don't carry guns. Uh, and in fact, if you talk smack to them, they're probably going to end up apologizing to you. That's the great thing about Canadians. Uh, but we get out into the parking lot. And we get back to this fan bus, okay? And I get on the bus, and I see these same group of Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans, Uh-oh. okay? And they've got these uh, these Vuvuzelas. And uh, just very annoying. Just blowing, blowing, blowing. And I'm like, I pull down the window. It's like a school bus, like a, a, a big, long school bus. That's this fan bus. I bring the window down, and I go, hey, hey, bleep the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You bleeping suck. And I pull down my pants, and I stick my bare ass out the window and oh, moon them. Beautiful moonshot. What I didn't account for is out of the corner of my eye, I see one of these Blue Bombers fans with this big yellow Vuvuzela, super long, plastic. He winds up like he's Barry Bonds <laughs> and then takes three or four steps forward like he's Happy Gilmore, and he swings as hard as he can, and he <laughs> smacked my bare ass so hard I couldn't feel it for four hours. <laughs> And I was humiliated. I literally had the outline of a Vuvuzela on my right butt cheek. And I've never mooned anybody again. (laughs) And I've never been back to a CFL game after that. You're scarred. You're scarred. So that was lesson learned for me. Uh, Let's go to Dave in Stewart. Dave's on Ken LeVick Alive. What's up, Dave? Hey, love the show, guys. Appreciate you. Hey, um, you remember that Miami Dolphins guy that he was like called the Dolphin Maniac, and he yeah. would go to all the Dolphins games dressed up with the shoulder pads yeah. and the face paint and everything? <laughs> yeah, see, I do remember him. All right, well, I was at a concert at the Orange Bowl, and he was all dressed up in his garb. Uh-huh. And I was about a six-pack in, <laughs> and I started verbally molesting this guy. And he was about eight rows down from me. You know, right on the rail. And I'm like, what are you doing in this garb at a concert, dude? You're ridiculous. And you, you meant know, harassing, right, Dave? You meant harassing, not molesting, right? Yeah, I meant, I meant harassing. Yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to but make I, sure. Yeah, I was giving it to him hard, you know? Well, eventually <laughs> I had to go pee. Uh, you had to go pee, okay. So I, I got to go pee, so I get up out of my seat, and I go to the uh, concession stand, you know? 
This guy, I turn around, this guy's got me jacked up on the wall about three feet <laughs> off of the ground. He's ready to punch me in the oh face. Oh, my God. So, he, yeah. he's, so he's accosting so, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had me jacked up. I thought I was going to die that day. Oh, my God. So, so I'm, I'm at the door to the concession stand, and I'm beating my elbow against the door, hoping somebody's going to come out and save my ass. <laughs> well, nobody came out, and he evidently let, let me down without hitting me. He said, you ever say anything to me again, I will kill you. I'm like, dude. <laughs> well, but I, I almost got... That's wild. What I'll say, Dave, is that... Your mistake was anybody who dresses up like that to go to NFL games every single Sunday, those hardcore fans with the paint and the shoulder pads and all that, they're generally going to be unstable. And especially if you see them going to a concert wearing the same thing where they think they're celebrities, then they're definitely unstable. So that's on you for trying to 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 get on this guy because he's, he doesn't have it all there. Just trust me on this, okay? And appreciate the call, Dave. We need to get that clip, right? We're going to get that clip in the end to play it back in the... Uh... I mean, I think it was my my, the, my most favorite caller yeah. yet, yeah. ever. If, if, if there's anything you ever do in the rest of your career, it'll be that specific part from that call that you grab that we play back <laughs> when we come back, okay? Just trust me. It'll be great for your career. He's Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. This show is weird. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.